Journey's End, May 2nd, 2004. Hello everyone, you've not heard from me for a while. As you can hear from the noise in the background, I'm not calling from the most inhospitable place in the world, but rather the convalescent and discomforts of my couch. The human body is not meant to live at altitude, and this body decided to prove that theory. I'm going to tell you the story, just the facts. After my last transmission, we were at Camp 2. The next day, we pushed to Camp 3, then came back down. Now, I was tired and sore, but hey, we pushed to almost 25,000 feet. When we came back, I started to cough. This is what I was afraid of. My lungs have never been that high, so I didn't know how my body would react. That night, there was no sleep for me. I was coughing and wheezing all night long. JJ and I decided we would go down to lower elevations and rest for a few days and then come back up. We got up the next morning and started moving. <laughs> this is where the movie starts. It's snowing and all of a sudden I can't breathe. My inhalations are shallow, followed by fits of coughing. With no oxygen getting in my body, my legs begin to cramp. This was only going from Camp 2 to Camp 1. When we got to Camp 1, I was just tired. My body aches and my muscles were sore, but it was nothing I couldn't push through. At Camp 1, we were resting, but my breath had not improved. So we decided to go all the way down to base camp, back through the Kugu Icefall. Now, the icefall on a good day will bust your butt, but after three days of living in high altitude, it'll take all you have. JJ radioed ahead to base camp to let the base camp manager know that my lungs were not working and call for a Sherpa to get oxygen up to us as soon as he can to help us out. What should have taken three hours took six. Each step through the Kumbu was followed by a pause and then four or five deep breaths. Now at no point was I feeling like I was in trouble or that I was going to die. The only thing in my mind was I have to get through this ice fall quickly before something collapses. Halfway down, one of our Sherpas came up and met us with bottled oxygen. That helped me move through the rough parts of the ice fall in the Kumbu. As I got close to base camp, and as we started to get close to home, this is when trouble started. I passed out. The next 24 hours, I do not remember. The problem was my blood oxygen levels were so low that they were unreadable. When I passed out, they put me on a stretcher and ran me to the base camp medical tent. Now, I was suffering from HAPE. That stands for high-altitude pulmonary edema. That means your lungs are filling with fluid. For my school kids, look it up as a science project. Ask a teacher. This is the stuff that kills you when you're in the mountains. The amazing Dr. Luann Fear saved my life. I did not feel this at the time, but I was about to die. She wrote a detailed dispatch of my entire night on basecampmd.com. If you want to read it, go there and look up life-threatening hape on Everest South Coal. I remember nothing of the night she described in her dispatch. In the morning in the med tent, I was not improving. Base camp was snowed in and there was no way a helicopter was going to come get me. Remember, this is still a movie.
The amazing superheroes that are the Sherpas came to my rescue. They fashioned a harness and carried me on their backs as if I was a box. Four Sherpas took turns carrying me for 14 miles as they ran me over the rockiest, roughest terrain I've ever seen. All the while, I'm on oxygen with Dr. Fear's assistant running next to me. They ran me village to village to village along the trail, looking for a break in the weather and a place where a helicopter could facilitate a rescue. Finally, in Gorakshap, there were clear skies. With the clear skies, they called in a helicopter. <laughs> now, yes, I survived the night. Yes, nothing fell on me in the icefall. Now, this was the last test. Well, I survived the helicopter ride to Kathmandu. Twenty years ago, I was in the Army. I was a border guard in Germany during the Cold War. I have seen a lot of old Russian helicopters. And the one that was landing that was about to rescue me looked like it was built back in 1984. Now, remember, this is still a movie. The rickety old bird lands. The inside is just a cargo bay with a bench along the back wall. They lay me on the floor. And then they all sat around me on the bench. It's so noisy and the whole thing is shaking that I can hardly hear anything. The pilot is definitely Russian. He looks like an extra from a James Bond movie. He kneels next to me, looks at me, and with a one-eyed wink and a touch of his hand on my shoulder, he says, No, you worry. Fine, we make Kathmandu in no time. The screech of the rotors is deafening as he powers the bird up. She rocks right, she rocks left, pitches forward, and then all of a sudden screams off. Now, helicopters was my ride to work when I was in the Army. So, if anything, the hum of the rotors can put me to sleep. Not Richie, our base camp manager. He was white-knuckled and looking rather green. Later, he asked me if all helicopters did that, and I just laughed. My Russian angel was perfect. He was right. We made Kathmandu in no time. When we landed in Kathmandu, an ambulance was waiting for me. There's an amazing hospital in Kathmandu where they specialize in high-altitude emergencies. So as I was going from the airport to the hospital, remember, there's still a movie here, <laughs> we had to detour through the street streets. The political unrest had the Maoists protesting and police in riot gear and tires burning throughout the streets. It took us about an hour to get to the hospital, getting through all the traffic. When I got to the hospital, finally, my blood oxygen levels were only 37%. So they put me in intensive care for the next five days. It's all boring stuff from here on in, tubes, pins, needles, stuck everywhere. But five days later, the doctors cleared me, put me on a plane, and two days after that, I arrived home in Newark, New Jersey. It never felt so good to be home, to see my mom, to see Liz, to feel safe again. I'm weak and coughing all the time. still have some trouble breathing. I see a pulmonologist in the morning to get more answers, but pretty much I'm on the mend. So that's where I've been. I'm sorry our journey together could not have been longer. But again, remember, the whole Everest experience is not some macho, look how tough I am, or look how cool this is. It's about dreams. And it's about how you can achieve any dream you want. With dreams, sometimes when you get them, they're not exactly what you want. Or sometimes when you get a chance to live your dreams, 
you're only able to do the best you can. Whichever it is, it's okay. Because if you're not living to fulfill your dreams, then you're missing the best part of living. I loved it. Dispatching the Audible was so much fun. And I thank all you listeners for making it fun. I hope you all enjoyed it. I want to thank Don Katz for allowing me to use his wonderful company as a vehicle to comment to everybody. To Curry Donahue, your friendly voice and your great words of encouragement every time I would call in kept me motivated to call in as often as I could, just so I could hear them. Thank you. To all the people at Audible, the engineers, the web designers, everyone, thank you for cleaning Liz and I up and putting us out to the public. I could have used people like you in college. But most of all, the listeners, I thank you. And not the way you think. Yes, your hits to the site kept the numbers rolling. But it was your interest. It was your energy. From our school kids to the adults that followed, you cared about us, and that energy passed across oceans. When Liz and I needed it the most, that energy was there. That energy helped Liz make the tough decisions when she had to come home. And that energy and your prayers would not let me die. You all gave so much to us, and for that we thank you. Yes, we did not summit, but with all of you, this made it the most magical experience of our lives. Thank you so much. We love you so much. And that comes from Joe and Liz. That comes from the both of us. Now I'll leave you with one final song. I'm Bob Marley's Legends album. Can you guess it? The song is called Three Little Birds. If you don't have it, get it. Get it, play it, and when you play it, dance. Dance around. Celebrate. Celebrate with us. Yes, our journey has come to an end. And when a journey comes to an end, it's time to celebrate. Why? Because when an old journey comes to an end, a new journey can begin. Thank you all so much for a wonderful time. This has meant so much to me that you took the time out of your lives to listen to what Liz and I were talking about. You're very special, wonderful people. Thank you so much.